Hey, Mike. Hey. Do you like soup? Soup? I like soup, especially when it's homemade. Yeah, homemade soup. I like I like butternut squash soup. It's a, is it almost like a pumpkin spice type soup? Uh, butternut squash and pumpkin is not the same thing, but I guess it could yeah, be. It could but, be similar. Yeah, because yeah, because the squash and pumpkin, uh, squash and pumpkins, same thing basically. Just yeah. one is sweeter than the other. I, I put out a tweet yes the other day about soup and everybody went like loved it. They were sharing all their soup recipes. I do have to say my soup uh, has to do with my dad's soup. Yes. Yeah. When he used to do soups, he used to put everything in there, and I miss it. Old Hungarian soups used to be like little. It's not dumplings, but it's like little noodles that they yeah. kind of curl up. It's very small. Yeah. And in these soups, they put almost every type of vegetable you can think of, whether it's onions, carrots, they put a turnip that is hardly something you can find in Montreal. It's called Korolave. You find it usually in Eastern Europe. It's like a type of turnip, but it's very hard to find. But I used to, I don't know where he used to find it, but he used to always put it in there. He used to also put bone, where there was also bone marrow inside, yeah. chicken, parsley, and... I feel I'm missing something. Maybe garlic. Yeah. But I find those were my favorite soups. I kind of looked like an animal that was just uh, had his face right in the soup bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. Because especially the parsley there, I was, just, I was gobbling that stuff up. And people are like, man, how could you even eat that? I'm like, I love this stuff. I love French onion soup. French onion. See, that's something too I wish I had more of. But that's very good. If it's done properly, very yeah, good. done properly, very good French onion soup is like to die for. Listen, when I used to go, when I was younger, I used to go out to the pubs with people. Uh, I'd always buy a plate of fried calamari, French onion soup, whatever else I was getting. But I would get those two things all the time. Like you could tell by the pub, the pub can get those right. I, I wasn't going back. Did you eat it with like uh, cheese on top? Or oh yeah! Mixed in with oh yeah! Soup. Mozzarella on top, right? Oh, oh my okay. god! And uh, the bread and the onions and oh yeah! I want French onion soup now. Yeah. I, but there is one thing though, I have gotten spoiled over the last couple of years. When I did my little segment there on uh, my restaurants, the restaurant Chez Lavec, it's a Parisian French restaurant on uh, Laurier. Yeah. They have the best lobster bisque soup. Mm. Every time I go there, I'm never disappointed. I don't know if they always get the cream right. The lobster is always fresh. It's my favorite. They're getting free advertisement on this podcast. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> we should call them up. Are gonna go there. We should call them up and be like, you want to be our first sponsor? Let's go. Let's go. There on. We go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey, or maybe we can have uh, free meals at Chela yeah. I've had I've had some inquiries about for sponsors and I've turned them down. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're growing, and I'd rather grow uh, and do what we're doing still. And I don't want to take on any sponsors that um, just. I don't want to take on it just anyone. I don't. I don't think it's appropriate to be honest. That's it. It really has to be, as you said, organic. Yeah. No, it has to be organic. 
and it has to be uh, like a sponsor that I'll, you know, if it's a mid mid a podcast sponsor or beginning or, you know, usually that's what the case is. They don't really want an ending, but it's usually mid and beginning and stuff like that. It's got to be something that I would want to say in the podcast. You know, I, I'm just saying like, oh, you know, sponsored by this episode is brought to you by uh, Mr. D's cookbook of soups. Uh, get it now on Amazon, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'd be okay with that mid, mid episode, especially if we're talking about that stuff, you know, like... Um, I don't want to talk about, you know, I don't know. Mechanics. Uh, oh, you know, uh, get your uh, your Michelin tires at 50% off when we're not really talking about tires. Or we're well, not. no, no, that's okay. I, I just, like, you would try to make it that it would fit your, I guess, your episode and, and everything would fit together. But I, I don't want to bring a brand or a sponsor on that really maybe is in a, not inappropriate, but not quality just for the sake of having a sponsor. So I'll stay away from that until, um, until uh, iron out those details and stuff. But I have, I have been getting emails about it, to be honest, a couple here and a couple there. So that's good news, especially since um, we're still very young in the process of, of, uh, of the podcast. But um, I, I know I, I should, like, I'm honest, I'm sharing the information with you and I'm sharing the information with everybody listening. So actually somebody, somebody had asked me recently on Twitter says, uh, are you looking at doing that? So I'm not looking into doing it. If it happens organically, it happens organically. And uh, I'm going to leave it like that. That's it. There's no rush. No, I'm not in a rush. Uh, this is this is fun. Like it's a, uh, it's a good time. That's it. You know, you yeah. suck at this, but you know, <laughs> no bang. Give me a give me a shot in the heart right there. That's right there, right there. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. There's a tear right there. No, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a big hug. Uh, okay, good. And a kiss on the forehead. Okay, no problem. Okay, there we go. Anyway, besides that, though, you know, uh, as, as we were talking about, it's it's some things that we were talking about earlier, about uh, like our experiences, you know, we went to uh, Europe or in your case, when you went to Israel and how how you kind of saw things back then and how as we got older, things just seemed different. Like you don't see things like the same way. Yeah. And that's something that I never thought I'd be saying this, even like in my mid 20s, because I always felt that I was more mature than everybody else. I thought, well, at 25, I think like a guy who's 45 or something, which is not the case. Yeah. Even if you're very mature, you don't, you really don't expect to think like someone, even if you feel like you're more, you're more mature than someone. So even if, even if you find a kid who's say 10 years old, he could be very mature for himself. He could actually even be a genius, but it doesn't mean he's mature at someone who's let's say 25 or 30 and he doesn't see life the same way. Uh, before, like we were talking about when we were younger, how for us, we were just going day to day or week to week, looking at what, what, what we could do at that moment. So whether it's exercising, going to school, like we never really thought about paying rent or having a mortgage, settling down with a family and your priorities are not the same. The second you get to a certain age, especially if you have family i think i i don't know about you but but my parents they always kind of planted those seeds in my head and so ever since i was young i saved every single dollar i got for birthdays and things like that so my first 700 800 dollars my mother brought me to rbc bank and opened up what they call the leo account and i opened up my my first bank account and uh saved my first dollar i ever had so i always saved my money even as a kid 
and going forward my parents were like well if you want to buy a car one day if you want to get a house one day if you want to do this you got to work you got to go to school you got to pay your stuff you got to make sure you save and i didn't have a lot of rules at the house per se like you know don't get anybody pregnant that was seriously was a rule uh don't get brought home by the police you know like do things in moderation and be careful and and don't start any fights that that, that was one of them don't start any fights and i never started any fights Right. Especially as a teenager, people like to, you know, pick on you and stuff like that. And high school had some issues at the beginning and settled that stuff out. But, you know, bullying and, and, and whatnot. And we've had our experiences of that. But uh, my parents, uh, my parents are pretty uh, level headed, really tough on certain things, but always. And you don't really like you were saying, you don't really understand what that means at a young age until you start getting older. And then you got to kind of reflect on all that stuff. You're like, oh, that's what this means. Like, I, I need to take this a little bit more seriously or this brother seriously, you know? Well, that's the thing too. And like I was saying before, when I was growing up, I was around a lot of people that were much older than me. Even at 10 years old, I was around 70 year olds. At the time, I didn't really see it, but it did rub off on me. Yeah. So years later, I realized I would do things that most people my age weren't doing. I remember once this was our last year of high school, I was into stocks. And at 17, who the hell is into stocks? Practically nobody. And I was into that. Other things I can mention, not so much history, but a little bit on philosophy. People kind of used to look at me weird. Like I'm pretty sure a lot of people in high school or even people around me thought I was a little bit strange just because- It's still a little bit strange. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> changed. Nothing, nothing changes <laughs> yeah so get a shot in there bang uh, there you go <laughs> touche but after after let's say years of uh being out of school then i kind of realized why so if you kind of reflect on your life experience or who you are or if you analyze yourself most people don't do that but if you could really see different aspects of your life or why you are the way you are it's always because of how you were brought up and i've said this to quite a few people i think i might have even said this to you too from when a kid is born till the age of 11 or 12 yeah so from when he's born all the way till he's about a an adolescent or when he hits puberty that's when that kid could turn to be anything yeah he will have a personality but i was considered a child to be like clay So from zero to 12, you can do anything you want with clay. But after a certain amount of time, when it hardens, you can't turn that. So after the age of 12, let's say 15, 16, 17, you can't really do anything about what that kid wants to do or how he thinks. That kid, his personality is going to be set in stone. Later on in my life, I kind of realized that why I am the way I am. I self-reflected on how I act, why I think the the way I do. And that's for many things. And one other thing I want to also mention, some people always think about how certain people are the way they are. And I'm pretty sure if people analyze different personalities, they would agree with what what I'm about to say, is that people are the way they are because of a situation, of something that happened in their past, the way they were brought up. Monsters are not born. They're created. So it's their environment. It carries on. Monsters, monsters are created, but the same thing, like, like I'm doing a class at McGill, McGill University. Uh, it's uh, we're doing a financial 
uh, fiscal fiscal accountability, fiscal accountability. So budgets and Excel sheets and stuff like that for like school settings. And one and the, the readings last week were just about like leadership and experiences and grit and uh, crucibles and crucibles are defining moments or like negative or positive defining moments, life experiences where like it really like cements you as a leader where like you, you kind of like a Phoenix born out of the ashes and you, you, you like born as a leader. And I think the same can be said for like, as a person who de develops into somebody evil or maniacal or monster, like your experiences shape you good or bad, but that's not to say that bad experiences don't make good people because you could have hard, you could have hardships, live in poverty, um, be bullied, any of that stuff and still come out with a positive outlook because your outlook on things, your perspective on things is, is really is super important. Like if you have a positive outlook on life, you you could still do, you could still develop yourself really well and be a great person. You could, but I find that percentage is kind of low. You think so? Say 30 to maybe 40%. No, I don't throw out percentage. Don't throw out percentages if you don't have the 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 backing. Well, from what I've seen, that's why I'm kind of doing my own. Uh, research. All right, the Mr. D percentage. So, there you go. It's the Mr. D research institute. I know it's gonna happen. We're gonna get smacked with like Carzo's uh, interrogation of uh, statistics here. He's gonna come up with like, no, Mr. D, it's twenty, it's twenty-seven percent, or it's fifty percent. I know you're just saying generally, you're just giving an example, but exactly. I, I'm, I'm being silly here, but I know. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> we're probably going to have like different research papers. You're going to be like 90%, 10%, 5%, negative 10%. We're like, where the hell are they getting all these research papers from? Listen, listen, like I said before, and anybody's listening, the podcast, our podcast is about wrong answer only, funny tweets, conversations, topics you know, like a string of conversations and topics put together and just us having a conversation with the hopes of doing some interviews later to, for somebody to bring some experiences and their specialties. Sometimes we look up the facts and the stories and a lot of times we're just giving you the general idea behind it. Sure, we could be wrong. I mean, I'm not going to tell you all cats are purple, right? We know all, not all cats are purple. We don't know any cats that are purple, but it's just, it's just something we're not going to say, right? I'm also not going to tell you that the earth is flat because from what we know, the earth is not flat. And there you go. If I was telling you the earth was flat, I'd expect you to come like, tell me, hey, Mike, uh, don't be a flat earther. Or maybe, I mean, maybe there are some flat earthers that are out there. They're listening and that's fine. That, that's what you believe. But I'm just saying, I'm not throwing out, we're not, you and I, we're not throwing out like random stuff. I mean, we may get stuff wrong, but we're just, we're having a conversation and it's supposed to be organic and fun. So just leaving that with everybody. Exactly. Right. That's it. I mean, I may yeah. still give you a hard time because it's my job. <laughs> uh, there you go. Hey. Ah, I'm the boss. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, like I was just saying earlier, I find some people, they don't realize how important it is to really teach your kid boundaries or even teach him what you want for that kid to grow up to be a certain way from when he's a certain age. So from when he's born or she's born, all the way to when you know they go through puberty, I think is very crucial. After that, not as much. That's how I see it. Your dad's a little bit older than my dad at the time, but I kind of we kind of grew up on like uh, the old school mentality of things. Yeah, like I, my dad at twelve was bringing me to do jackhammer concrete floors like five inches deep. You know, shovel, do this, clean up, help your father, do this, help your mother, do this. Like I was always doing everything at a young age. 
So, I mean, maybe that was a bit of a bit of a deterrent from going into construction because I was so sick of it already. But I was always like, you need to be able to do stuff yourself. If you can't do stuff yourself, you're going to have to pay for it. You have to get somebody else to do for it. So the more you're able to do for yourself, the the better off you will be and also better for yourself because you will have to rely on less people. And I always thought that, right? You're going to say. And that's for many. Yeah, I was just saying, like, that's for many things, too. That's not just for construction. Yeah. But that just always tell me. The more languages you know, the better off you are. Or the more languages you know, that's as many people as you are. So for every language is one person. So if you learn, let's say, or you know five languages, that's basically five different people. Well, you could participate. You could participate in those cultures and experience different things. Like, okay, uh, you were born a francophone, or your your mother's francophone, so you, you grew up speaking French. I'm an Anglophone and by Francophone, Anglophone, I mean, Mike grew up French speaking and I grew up English speaking and I'm still part and we're part of the English community and everything. And we, we identify as English speaking people in Quebec, but my French is not amazing. And I get by, like, I, you know, I get by, it could be better. And I practice, I speak French with my neighbor across the street and stuff or whatever. I, I enjoy some of the French culture. I'll listen, I'll watch hockey in French. I've been to some of the French festivals to listen to the music. You've been with me on New Year's. We've been to Mont Tremblant and listened to uh, some of the uh, uh, French folk festival and the freezing cold and stuff. We've done that stuff. Like uh, uh, we've watched the Les Films, uh, Les Boys, uh, uh, Elvis Graton, uh, stuff like that. Like Very with, uh, Quebecois. Very Quebecois. Like I don't speak Italian, right? But my wife speaks Italian. My father speaks Italian. She speaks Italian to our, our daughter. So hopefully she'll be able to transfer the, some of those language skills for her so she could participate in the Italian culture more than I could. Did I participate in it? Yeah. The, the, I was accepted by the no because I don't speak it. And, and it's really, that's what it is. If you're able to speak it, you could participate in the in the culture, in the films, in the music, in the whatever the case may be, you know? That's not to say you, you, you can't travel and go experience these things. It's just like you said said it's like uh it's like an alternative self part of yourself that you can kind of like meander and mingle together and i and i kind of envy people that are able to do that they could speak four or five languages that's must be pretty cool especially when it comes to like languages i do know my strengths and my skills but languages is not one of them i i that's one thing i learned uh, man. i am terrible at languages doesn't matter how hard i try i'll try to listen to audio try to practice it it just doesn't click yeah i'm not i'm not very strong with languages but remember when we used to go to college and you were taking that german class oh yeah i, I learned words but talking it forget it <laughs> but then you would leave german class and like walk down the arts department because i was at the time i was doing like a clay workshop class and then we would be pretending to speak german walking down the hall and then the people that were in our class uh, other classes or the art classes or clay, were like oh these guys speak german now like that's amazing like and <laughs> we would smart. do we would do that all the time, you know? And basically, I, I was just saying a whole bunch of German words, but didn't mean any sense. So I would yeah. say kind of like, rot, blau, eins, zwei, drei. So basically, I would, in English, I'd be saying, blue, red, one, two, three, go yeah. here, drink, up, down. And people are like, wow, this guy speaks great German. Now you're amazing. I'm like, oh, thank you. But I'm just saying a whole bunch of random words. We would repeat like Rammstein songs, the, rock, the metal <laughs> band, the German metal band. And we'd be like, do. To Hasmish. <laughs> We're like, wow, this guy's amazing. Wow, these guys are amazing. Please yeah, uh, you know, speak to us more. And funny thing is when I went to Germany, yeah, so many people that were speaking German or they would speak it to me in English all had an accent. Yeah. And at one point, 
I don't know. I, I found it for just, just for the hell of it. I, I started speaking in a German accent. I remember I was in Munich and this was during Oktoberfest. So I will go up to a random guy, a random German guy and a street in Germany is Trasse. So I would go, uh, excuse me, sir. I'm looking for the Strasse. I don't know, Munich Strasse or something. <laughs> and he's like, oh, don't worry. You just have to turn on your right side and you go directly down the street. Ah, danke schön. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I remember uh, I was with like a group of maybe five or six people. I was like, man, this is great. Everybody in Germany all sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> uh, they have really good accents. Remember we met that German couple? In PEI. Oh, in PEI there. Yeah. Oh, They're, yeah. That was great. They were very nice. Yeah. They were from uh, Stuttgart. Yeah. I think he was, uh, he was working for a Porsche or an Audi company. Yeah. Their English was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. They traveled yeah. around. I think where did they, they, they were working or living somewhere else prior to that too. Can't remember. It's somewhere in Canada. They were moving around a bunch. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't remember that. Where we are outside that church. Church. And we yeah. were talking to them by the cemetery. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they were bouncing around a bit there. They were really nice, though. Yeah, and I remember they were telling us how uh, they were talking about how it was in Germany, like how it's changed, like how they were trying to keep it non-global, like like they were trying to make it more local instead of having more of like a globalization system. You know what's funny? Eh? Think thinking about that now, I remember that conversation. They were really trying to keep it local, uh, local. Yeah. Like they were fighting the globalists and that now Germany is part of that globalist system and so sad. That's it. And I was thinking to myself, how many places do they still have hardware stores, like local mom and pop hardware stores, uh, butcher shops. I find even local mechanic shops, gas stations, mom and pop gas stations, uh, bakeries, restaurants are dying. It's lo- like local businesses. You're seeing less and less of it. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's it's sad. It's like we said, the backbone of the economy is uh, our small businesses, right? And if you kill them... That's, that's it. It's, it's terrible for a business. But there is one good thing about it. Yeah. And history has always shown every time there's a collapse, it comes back. There's yeah. always... It, 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 life is a cycle. It's going to come back. It might take 10, 20, 30 years, but it will come back. I just hope it'll come back sooner than later. If, if you learn about history then you kind of know what to expect in the future. I'm not saying you're going to know everything. You're not going to be like Nostradamus, but you generally have a good idea of how things go. And sometimes you can predict the future. I like studying Roman history when I was in college. Yeah. Roman history is interesting. Yeah. Read a little bit about it. I always found it interesting too. Uh, Roman history though, I was always interested in their architecture. Yeah. Especially when I was in Europe. That Baroque style building, I always found that more fascinating than Gothic style buildings mm. or that architecture. I've, I've always found it more interesting. If you've ever been to um, Barcelona, uh, the Sagrada de Familia, which is a church that they've been trying to build for the last, I think, 300 years. Yeah. And they're still not finished. I think they've just finished one tower. There's still another three to go or something. When we went, there was a huge lineup to get inside. And just by looking at the pictures, and looking from the outside, we thought to ourselves, there's got to be something nicer than this thing. And everyone told me too, if you like a certain type of Gothic architecture, you're going to like that. But for me, the nicest Gothic architecture I can think of is what we have here in Montreal at the Notre Dame Cathedral. It's very simple, 
but the architecture is stunning. It's blue and white, gold and blue colors, but the combination is exquisite. Probably the nicest basilica that I've ever seen in my life. I remember I was telling your mom once that when it comes to basilicas, cathedrals, I can never get tired of that. I always love looking at different types of churches. I mean, ones that really put in a lot of architectural work inside. I've seen Especially some Baroque style. The, the, to me, is the nicest. I've seen some nice churches too uh, over the years and visit. Well, when you went to Prague. Yeah, I went to Prague. I saw some nice ones too. But when I went to Prague, I also saw some uh, synagogues and uh, some graves with the Holocaust. Um, and especially the hidden ones. We saw some of the hidden ones because we did the okay. tour of that stuff with the Jewish uh, leadership stuff. We saw some of the hidden synagogues that were people were hiding when they were hiding from the Nazis and all that stuff. And like you could see like their walls were, it was crazy. And then we saw some of the concert. We went to some of the concentration camps and whatever. And I have pictures of, of just like the areas we went to and uh, Prague. But we also visited churches, uh, the nice ones. We also went where, G- we also visited where Jesus was born. Oh, in Nazareth. Yep. Yeah, the actual inside because they built like a like an area over it and everything, and you go inside and theoretically that's where he was born. But you know, Ooh. stuff like that. Before we end the podcast, we're gonna do a shout out. I want to do more shout outs for people, right? Especially random people. And if you know any artists or cool people doing interesting things, like we gave out some shout outs to some street owners, some writers, and different things like that. This is a guy actually from work and he's got a, he's got an Instagram page. He's got a website. He sells his art to local museums. So he's in kind of that like a grassroots artist, local field of Montreal. He talked to him about it. And I think he's down for an interview maybe oh, for the summer. And I think that'd be cool to be, get one of those guys in, especially like a local artist. So I'm going to do his name and his, his, his stuff. And I'm going to tell you a bit about his, um, about his Instagram and stuff. Okay, his name is Carlo Polidoro Lopez. And I hope I said his middle name right. He's Ecuadorian slash Italian background. Okay, his uh, email is Polidoro, P-O-L-I-D-O-R-O dot R-E, A-R-T-E at gmail.com. He's a local artist and I would describe his, he does like abstract art but like modernized abstract art. So you actually have to, and he has actually an art studio where he stores his work and things like that. And he's on Instagram and he's at Instagram. Polidoro. So P-O underscore L-I underscore D-O underscore R-O on Instagram. Carlo Polidoro Lopez on artsy.net. Maybe you can look it up. So, but go check out his stuff on Instagram. He's got some cool stuff. I'm actually browsing through it right now. And he also like uses all kinds of materials that he finds, like recycled materials. And he tries to really, it's like different. It's different. You know, if you're into that kind of stuff, especially abstract or the local art scene, check him out. He's on Instagram and he talks to me. He's explained to me a lot of what he does. And actually was explaining to me, I had an interesting conversation with him. I think it was last week about, uh, you know, I had mentioned it briefly about how our uh, museums and places will try to buy your art but they want the art first and they don't want to pay you. And then you're kind of like scrounging around for your money or trying to get paid and things like that. So it's a bit, you know, it's a little bit tricky in that area, especially when you're free, you're kind of like starting out, check his stuff out. Car- Carlo Lopez, give you all his links, check him out on Instagram. Uh, again, I uh, told you, Mike, we're going to talk to him and maybe do like an interview come in the summer, especially since we're also talking about doing uh, other interviews with some teachers 
some principals, some writers. Uh, a lot of people have expressed their interest in coming on the Mr. Mike podcast. Wrong answers hey, only. That's exciting. We and we, you and I were just talking about it off camera, uh, off uh, off the podcast earlier. Yep. You know, I've talked about it. We're gonna probably end the podcast season one in June. Spend the summer putting together like new content, interviews, uh, episodes, and then try to launch season two in September type of thing. So I think that would be good to launch with like a couple, a couple more episodes right away for season two. And um, so uh, there you go, Carlo. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he's going to let us know if he tuned into the episode. We'll find out. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Hopefully, you're going to uh, tune in next time on the Mr. Mike podcast, Wrong Answers Only. You can find us on different platforms on Google Podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Spotify. At Stitcher. We're on all. At Stitcher. We're on all the podcast platforms, Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram, Mr. Mike MTL, and also Wrong Answers MTL. Our homepage is on rss.com. My pinned tweet has the homepage. If you want to go check it out, it has all the episodes, but you can listen to us anywhere and everywhere. And word of mouth is the best. Sharing, tell your friends, tell your family. It really helps. We appreciate everybody coming to listen and spending your time with us. We look forward to bringing you more episodes, and we will see you next, next time. time. What? Next time. You do it again. Next time. Yeah, everybody. Next time.